0: You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday Morning Message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. How's everybody this morning? Do we want to have a look at what God's Word would have to say to us this morning? Everything is falling apart in me here. Do you want to have a look at what God's Word has to say to us this morning? Good job. Thank you, Tom. Really appreciate that. Um, Sorry, I'm just trying to tidy up my mask so it doesn't... This morning, I want to take a look at God's Word. This morning's message is called A New Normal. And the reason I want to look at the new normal is because some of you may remember that last week, if you were here last week, I was looking at the Old Testament and about how the Israelites had an old normal, which was slavery, and their new normal, which was freedom, and yet they struggled all the time between the new normal and the old normal. Now, for us... We were also once slaved, but thank God Jesus has set us free. Would anyone say amen? We once were slaves, but we are no longer slaves because Jesus Christ has set us free. And I was looking at the passages from Deuteronomy and Exodus in the Old Testament where the Israelites kicked up after being set free after all of those years. The minute they were set free, they actually wanted to go back To slavery, and they began to complain the minute they left their slavery. They began to complain that it was actually nicer back in slavery than it is out here in freedom. And that's because freedom brings responsibilities. When we have choices, we have responsibilities. Sometimes it's harder to live as free people than it is as enslaved people. But praise God, slavery is no way to live. And that's why Jesus came to set us free from ourselves, from our sin, and from our self-focus. He came to set us free from those things. I want to look at just one scripture from, from uh, Exodus as well, which comments on the liberation of the Israelites. May God bless us as we read his word this morning and speak to our souls, speak to our lives, and speak to our realities in Jesus' name. And God's people say, Amen. Amen. I love this particular verse. It's in, And every time I read it, I get a thrill to my soul because it speaks about how God always keeps His promises. Here's what it says in Exodus chapter 12, verses 41 to 42, talking about the liberation of the Israelites from Egypt. It was on the last day of the 430th year that all the Lord's forces left the land. On this night, the Lord kept His promise to bring His people Out of Egypt. 430 years, and on the last night of the 430th year, God set his people free. Brothers and sisters, take hope. If you're waiting for the promises of God to be fulfilled in your life, these people waited 430 years. And on the last night of that 430th year, God moved in such a mighty way and finally set his people free. God is never late. He is never late. Sometimes he's early, but he is never, ever late. So have hope. If you're holding on to something, if you've got a precious promise that you're holding on to and praying for and clinging to, remember this, remember this passage. It was on the last night of the 430th year that God finally moved in power. And the Israelites were liberated. And when they got out, we looked at how they were set free. And we remembered something important the Israelites forgot something. They were continually forgetting this and it was one phrase that was repeated many, many, many times. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt. Brothers and sisters, no matter how difficult the Christian life can be and most of the time the Christian life is good and it's joyous and it's pleasurable and it's, it's, it's enthusiastic, it's an encouraging and it's a great way to live. But sometimes it's tough, sometimes there's hard decisions involved, sometimes we have to let things go when we'd rather hold on to them. But remember this, no matter how tough it becomes, remember that you, were once slaves this idea of slavery and freedom is carried forward into the New Testament we were looking at how Jesus said that if the son sets you free you are truly free and Paul picks up the idea again and this was important because Paul picks up the idea when he's writing to the Galatians and he said to them so he says Christ has truly set us free now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again And it's to that idea I want to look a little bit further today. I want to look a little bit further into this, and I want to look at what our, as it were, our old normal and what our new normal is in terms of the New Testament and what Paul writes to the early Christians and what the New Testament has to say to the early Christians. And it's God's word, so it's intended to liberate. But I want to start off with a quote by a Christian rapper, a guy called, anybody know who this is? Lecrae, see the dudes at the back know who Lecrae is. Like you know, the old codgers at the front, including me. If you showed me the photograph, would not have known who Lecrae was. And I love what Lecrae said when he was talking about this verse. He said, "No, he's a rapper, so I'm sure he said it nicely." But he said, "The freedom in Christ allows you to control the desires that once controlled you." You see, once there was desires that controlled you. You, 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 you thought that you were on top of them, but they weren't. They were on top of you. And you see that with people who slip into habits or slip into addictions or slip into behavioral patterns, and they think that they're in control. But in fact, it is those things that are actually controlling them. And he says that freedom that we have in Christ allows you to control the desires that once controlled you. You see, that's the good news that we're walking in. We are walking in a transfer. We're walking in a change. We are being changed, as the scripture says, from glory to glory. We're getting a little bit better every day by the grace of God. Will anyone say amen? I heard a very good quote the other day. I thought it was really good. It was by a Canadian writer and he said this. He said, compare yourself with who you were yesterday, not who someone else is today. Compare yourself with who you were yesterday, not who someone else is today. Because it's comparison very often that discourages us. Oh I wish I had a, a whatever like that guy. I wish I had a home like this person. Or I wish I had a talent like that person. Or I wish I had a body like that person. Or I wish I had a career like that person. Or I wish I had money like that person. And we compare ourselves all the time. And comparison brothers and sisters is a curse. However if we compare ourselves to who we were yesterday it actually becomes a force of power in our lives. By the power of God at work in us which we'll get in a second. I hope you like this photograph. I hope you're getting the idea. Face, mask. No? No, it works on Tom. Tom gets it. Nobody else seems to get it. It's face mask. Everybody here this morning is wearing a face mask. I'm wearing a face mask. My face mask is here, but obviously when I'm speaking, I'm not wearing a face mask. But you know, there's something about this idea of putting on a face mask and putting on a different identity that the Bible actually is quite full of. You see, when I, where was I, I was looking, I was talking to Albert Casey, Albert, I was talking to Albert Casey this morning and when he comes in, I looked at Albert and he just looks like a surgeon, so I called him Dr. Casey, because whatever it is about the way that he put on his mask, he looks like he's about to treat me or ask me to, uh, you know, take off my clothes so he can examine me or something, I don't know, he he looks like a doctor, that's the only reason he'd ask me to do that of course, But, but for some reason, whatever it is about putting on a mask, it changes Our identity, whether it is we we dress our face, we put on a face mask like, you know, put on what's commonly known as war paint, but we won't talk, we won't stay there. But when we put on a mask, it actually changes something about us. We appear slightly different and suddenly a focus comes on a different part of our lives. For instance, when somebody's wearing a mask over their face, you kind of tend to look at their eyes a bit more, don't you? you tend to look for the expression that's in their face a bit more. But I want to look at this idea of identity changing and what it is that we, what we're told to do, what the scripture tells us to do. And I'm going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 4, just a couple of verses from Ephesians chapter 4, and a concept or an idea that plays, its, plays the way out all the way actually through the Bible, but most especially in the New Testament. Here's what Paul writes to the early Christians in Ephesians chapter 4. He says, You were taught, with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires. In other words, the desires that you feel inside you, they're deceitful. They're actually codding you. They're they're telling you you want one thing, but actually they're ruining your life. And he says to them, you were taught with regard to that old way to take it off. Just to take it off. Oh yeah, just like that, Paul, is it? Yeah, you just take off your old self take off, so there was a way that you used to live, before you became a Christian, there was a way that you used to think, there was a way that you used to behave, and he's saying, no, you just need to take that off, oh, it's that simple, yeah, because he goes on to say, a little bit more, he says, and put on, uh, put on, forgive me, I went too far, come back, come back, start again, Michael, you were taught, which is, forgive me, to be made, I'm after missing a whole sentence of this thing. I don't know what's after. He says, anyway, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So Paul is simplifying a very complicated and complex idea of life transformation into two things. He says, you know the old way you used to do it? Don't do that anymore. Just take it off. And you know the way—the new way you're called to do? You're called to put that on. Take off the old identity, which was the old self, which was the old person before you knew Jesus, and put on the new person whom you are now. And he uses the image of taking off and putting on. Now, I would take off my shirt, but I would you know, be shamed by my pecs and my abs. You'd be be—you'd be shocked and you, know, you know, make the guys jealous. And you know, all that kind of stuff. But, and, uh, I'm only messing, lads. I'm only messing. Chill out, chill out. And, uh, but he says it's that simple. Take off. And put on. Take off and put on. So he's saying the old normal way you used to live is that you were driven by your deceitful desires that were inside you, raging inside you. But the new way you're supposed to live is just to put on the new self, the new person that God created in you. Because it's about your identity. It's about who you were and who you know are as a result of Jesus. It's about the old normal way that you lived and the new normal way that you lived. And this idea of putting on and taking off is actually worked out right through the whole Bible. Let me just give you some very quick examples while I'm in this department. For instance, Paul says you put on Christ when you were baptized. And he goes on to say you put on the new self in Galatians 3.10. He says you put on the new self again here in Ephesians 4.24. Then he tells them in uh, Ephesians 6 he says put on the armor of God. And then in, he goes in Colossians 3.2 he says put on love another good attitude. He says put them on. Put on these virtues. And then he tells us about a lot of things we need to put off. For instance he talks about putting off our sin. Putting our, off our old way of life. Putting off our old habits. So this idea of putting on and taking off actually soaks right through all the things that Paul wrote he's saying I want you to change who you are by the power of God at work inside you to put on and to take off now you might go a second. that seems a little bit too practical to my blood well we'll get to that in just a second there's an old Christian theologian I mean he's long since gone now a guy called, I think it's David Williams, um, Charles Williams, sorry, Charles Williams, my apology, I got his name wrong. And he described the old way of living and the new way of living as being a transfer. That there was a way we used to live, and now there's a way that we live now, and it's slightly different. Now I'm going somewhere with all of this, okay? Are you still awake? Yes, you're still awake, okay. Here's what he described the process as being. He said, first of all, he said, there is the old self on the old way. Before you knew Jesus, it was just the old you. Good old Michael O'Donovan, good old Albert Casey, sorry for picking your Albert, good old whoever, I won't pick out anybody else. It was just the old self in the old way. You knew no better, you did no better. That was just the way that you lived. Then he says you become a Christian and you have the new self but he's on the old way. So now you've got a new identity. You've become a Christian. You've become a child of God in accordance with the scriptures. You have been born again. You have been made new in your ways. But You've still got the old ways. Still when somebody cuts you off in traffic, you devour them. Still you react in an impatient and a jealous and a prideful way. You still react the old way to the old desires. So the change is a slow change. You've got your, the new self, it's the new you. Hi, it's the new me. But you behave in the old way. And it's in those moments that the devil really does get under our skin and starts to say, yeah, you're a right hypocrite. You say that you're born again. You say that you're a Christian and now look at you the way you're behaving. That's okay. It's the new self but he's just living in the old way he has yet to change he has yet to take off the old self and then he says finally there is the new self on the new way and then eventually we begin to live into the identity that God has called us to have as his children as the sons and daughters of God as people who are born again who are made new who are in Christ Jesus that's the new self and then the new way begins to follow on with that. you might say to yourself you know what this is just this this is a bit much for me it's like like where's where's the magic in this well you know here's the rule if I am there there, there's two ways of living if you will there's two ways of living sorry forgive me I'm after jumping forward it's okay this will do fine when you follow the desires of your sinful nature the results are very clear Paul writes in Galatians 5 19 now I was going to put up the list but I just thought, you know what, I think you know the lists of the old way. All the jealousies and the quarrels and the fighting and the immorality and the drinking and the whole routine. You know the old way that you used to live. And then he goes on to say, however he says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace. Anybody else? No. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, and gentleness, self-control. You can sing it if you want to. but He says this is the stuff that the Holy Spirit produces in our lives. Now, you might say, you know, that's all, you know, it's a bit practical, it's a bit down to earth. But let me tell you something important. There's a thing called behavioral psychology. And the first rule of behavioral psychology is this. You will act your way into feeling sooner than you will feel your way into acting. So if you begin to act in a certain way, you begin to actually feel that way after a while. Now here's a point I want to make. You know something if I want to be a kinder person? Do you know the best way for me to be a kinder person to honor God by being kind towards people? Start acting kindly. Even when I don't feel very kind. And you'll be amazed how often that actually is. That we don't necessarily feel like loving people. Or my own personal one, patience. I'm not naturally a patient person, but I do try. But I tell you this, what's very important, people, you'll, you'll get the accusation thrown at you, ah, you're just a hypocrite, you're just acting that's okay you see there's two kinds of acting or there's two kinds of pretend if you will and the two kinds of pretend are this there's the pretend that seeks to deceive or to take somebody away from the real thing so if you're pretending to be kind to someone so that you can rob them afterwards that's the wrong kind of pretend there's the pretend that leads away as it were from the real thing i'm pretending to be kind to tom because i'm really going to try and pick his pocket a little bit later and it's actually leading me away from actual kindness but but then there's the pretend that leads up to the real thing. There's the pretend that where I don't feel very kind towards my son or my daughter or my neighbor. My daughter, and I don't have a daughter, at least I don't think I do. I don't feel so kind to my neighbor, but I act kindly towards them so that I will become kind. And in actual fact, if I act kind when I don't feel kind, I am more likely in the long run to actually Be kind. Are you with me? Do you understand what I'm saying? So when we talk about, like for instance, a soldier goes and he joins the army. And the soldier spends the first, who knows how long, six months, eight months, 12 months training. And every day he's out and he's running and he's charging and he's shooting his gun and all this kind of stuff. And the reason he's doing all that is because he's kind of pretending to be at war. So that when the real war comes, he's ready for it. Are you you with me now? So, And that's what Paul is indicating when he's talking about putting off the old self and putting on the new self. Sometimes it will feel like a pretense, but it's a pretense that leads towards the good thing. And that's why he says, take off your old self. Remove the old you and put on the new you. It's a choice, it's a decision, and it's an action. Putting the act back into action. That's what it is. It's a choice and it's an action. You know, on the, I, I don't know if any of you ever watched the Golden Globes or you watched the... Um, you might watch the Oscars or something like that. And sometimes they have the people all kind of going up the red carpet and you know, as they're going up, you know, the people are leaning all over, they're trying to interview them, and they ask them a question all the time when they're walking up the red carpet. Now they ask the girls. They don't ask the guys as it happens, but it, it doesn't matter. They ask the girls all the time these questions. And as they're leaning out over the barrier, they shout at them. Like for instance, this is Emma Stone, one of the most beautiful um, and you know, talented actresses that you know, is going at the moment in Hollywood. This is like in 2017 or something. This photograph was taken. And as she's walking up the red carpet, they start saying to her, Emma, Emma, who are you wearing? Who are you wearing? Let me ask you the same question this morning who are you wearing who is the person that you're wearing when you leave when you leave your home in the morning who are you wearing paul gives a warning and he gives advice he says very simply he says clothe yourselves with the lord jesus christ put him on when you leave your home in the morning and you're not going to disappear, by the way. You're not suddenly going to walk or into work and start saying things like, Behold the lilies, they neither sow nor reap. That's not what he means. What? That's not he, He's talking about behaving with the attitudes and attributes of Jesus Christ. You see, people, everybody's chasing and they want to truly be themselves. I just want to be myself. You need to be yourself, baby. Yeah, actually, no. Actually, because chasing yourself will lead you away. I have a good quote, but I won't read it to you because I don't want to overrun my time. But you know, people are pursuing themselves. Paul says, no, don't go out and be yourself. Not once did Jesus say, and you shall be yourself. Not even once did he say it. Paul didn't say it. None of the apostles said it. They all said, be like Jesus. That's what they said. Now, I dress up sometimes. I know Tom dresses up at home. and you know, he, he, he dresses up a bit. As a, but I dress up sometimes. And you know, the thing about dressing up is this. When you wear something, it actually gives you an opportunity to express what that person is. For instance, if you saw... Uh, let's say, if you saw a Garda, right? A Garda dressed in uniform, hello Garda, oh, yeah. would you mind blowing to the bag? You can stop here, stop at the Garda checkpoint. If the Garda suddenly breaks into a ballet dance, you go, there's something wrong there, isn't there? I mean, why is he, like, why is the Garda doing ballet out on the South Link Road? What's going on there? You don't expect him to do that, you expect him to enforce the law and to behave in a certain way. Same with a soldier. So sometimes I dress up because, maybe sometimes I got an inside fantasy, I don't know, but sometimes I, I'm not 100% sure what it is that I wanna be. Brian that you can't post that on Facebook. Sometimes I dress up too, you see? And when you dress up, it's amazing. When you dress up, you begin to feel something. It's amazing, you know? And so this is taken, I was on a film set. Uh, I had a very, very short, I mean, like a second and a half in a movie one time. And uh, in, in, in this, I was playing a priest. And, and the, 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 the director and the cameramen were saying to me, you know, just, just if we want you to stand like this, we want you to raise up the chalice and put back the chalice down. And I actually had to take off my wedding ring because he looks through the camera and says, you're wearing a wedding ring, you a priest, you're not supposed to wear it. So I had to take off my wedding ring. And, uh, So I raised up and he said, You know, I said, Do you want me to say anything? Which actually was a loaded question on my behalf. He said, Oh, yes. He says, If you know any prayers or that. Well, I said, I can say the Mass if you want me to. And he said, you know the Mass? I said, absolutely, I know the Mass. So I've got to honestly tell you, I lifted up that chalice and I said, O sacrament most holy, O sacrament divine, all praise and all thanksgiving be every moment dying through him in, him in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all power of yours, almighty Father forever, ever. Look, not in our sins, but in the faith of your church and grant us the peace and unity of your kingdom. And they were delighted Now I was like, but it was a strange thing. The minute I put on the gear, I actually began to feel like a priest. I got the gear off me afterwards. It's no problem. And Emma said, did you bring it home? I said, no, I didn't. Know. I had to leave it in the costume. But there's something about dressing up. And Paul says that we need to put on Christ. Put him on. He says you need to clothe yourselves in patience. Clothe yourselves with love. Put it on. Okay, you're, it's okay if you say, well, this is just an act. It's okay if it's an act that's reading, leading up to the real thing. When you see children playing soldiers or playing shop or you know, dressing up, as, as adults. It's, it's okay because they're actually growing up into that person. And We've often said, I've often said you need to act your age. It's been said to me you need to act your age. You need to act your age. Act like a man. Act like an adult. Why? Because if you act it you're more likely to become it. Are you with me, brothers and sisters? And it's not just we're left, okay, that's it. This is what Jesus says, or this is what the Lord will say to us this morning. Just try harder, like Avis car rentals or something like that. Just try harder. It's not just that. Because the minute that we begin, the minute we begin, To act like that, something else happens inside us. Something else happens and that is the power of the Holy Spirit begins to work through us. But it needs us to take the first step. We need to have the will and the action to begin acting in that matter. Are you with me? So let me look at this passage for instance. When Jesus speaks to his disciples, he says and uses a curious phrase. This is what he says. He says, I'm going to send to you what my Father has promised you but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. You're going to be clothed with power. Power will be put upon you. You will wear a robe of power. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing. We see it in the Old Testament. We talk about putting on the garments of praise. We talk about wearing the the garments of righteousness are also there in the Old Testament. We're actually putting something on that God has called us to live in and to walk in. And as soon as we choose and say, you know what, Lord, I want to honor you by being more patient, God's power begins to work and flow through you. Does anybody want to experience that power flowing through them? I should hope you do. We're going to pray for that in a few minutes. Because I think for some people it's a reality. Life, are, it's, it's, it's very simple. It's like this. When God created Adam, the scripture tells us in Genesis. When he created Adam, he created him. You know, He, he, was, a, he was a human man. I'm assuming he was lying on the ground. It's just, it's, just, it's just a general guess. It doesn't say he was lying on the ground. But as he lay there, he was just a corpse until God breathed the breath of life into his nostrils. The breath of life breeds into them And sometimes, brothers and sisters, we can be like Christians who are like corpses. Our faith can become corpulent. We can, be, we can be flat out. We can say, Lord, I really want to honor you, but I just don't have the power. I feel like I'm spiritually drained. It's in those moments that we can ask the Holy Spirit to work on us and bring life in us again so that we may honor God. Because that's the bottom line. Our lives are not about ourselves, brothers and sisters. Our lives are not about us being successful or good looking or winning in in all areas of our lives. That's not what our lives are about. Our lives are about glorifying God, about bringing honor to God. That's what it's about. Our lives are there so that we could be clothed with power so that we can spread the good news about Jesus Christ to someone else. And if being patient or being loving or being kind or being merciful helps us to do that, then God is going to empower us to do that. Amen. Let me see. Let's see what Paul talks about. He says this. He says, "No, to him who's able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to what? His power that is at work within us. His power is at work within us. You might say, I couldn't possibly imagine ever being that kind of person. Well, you are able. He will do immeasurably more than you can ask or think according to his power that is at work within you. No, is his power a feeling? No, not always. It isn't always a feeling. It is an ability. It is an enabling. It is a dynamos. But it isn't always a feeling. That feeling will follow your actions. That's what will happen. Your feeling will follow your actions. When you take off your old self and put on the new self, the power will follow your actions. And the feeling will follow your actions. Are you with me, brothers and sisters? Do you know what? Is there anybody here who wants to see God do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine through us? Because that's what it is. He's able to do all this through us according to his power that is at work within us. I want to finish with a last scripture. Maybe John and the lads will come up. I want to finish with this last scripture before, for some reason, my picture isn't coming up, but that's okay. When I got up this morning, I just prepared, I was just doing a last touch-up to the message to discover that an hour of editing that I did the previous day had just disappeared, so I had a bit of a sweat this morning to get it ready. Here's here's an interesting thing that happened to me when I was out running uh, on Monday. So I was working here on Monday, and at lunchtime I decided to go for a run and I went down one of the streets there down towards the river, and I was running down a place called Center Park Road. And I, I ran off down, it. everything was going fine, I was enjoying it, it was a lovely run, got a nice pace, everything was going on. But as I was running back up Center Park Road, I was concentrating on, because that's what, that, that's what you do when you run, sometimes you concentrate just on a few meters ahead of you, and you, you, know, you keep, keep running, keep a nice pace going. And as I did, I suddenly got grabbed in my neck, I suddenly got pulled on my neck And I looked around And there was this piece of barbed wire Hanging out Dangling over a fence That was from inside and, and as I did I just felt the Lord say to me That's a prophetic word For somebody who's coming next Sunday And the prophetic word is this Throw off the sin that so the, Everything that hinders you And the sin that so easily entangles And it'll come as an ambush. And I think there are some people here this morning, you may have been ambushed in the last couple of days by what has happened to you. An ambush of the enemy. An ambush of a situation. An ambush of an offer. An ambush of a a desire that you thought was gone and suddenly has risen up powerfully again inside you. But this is what he's saying. He's saying, do you know what? Throw it off. As I stood there, I grabbed the piece of wire and I just pulled it and I threw it off and I carried on running. No, it wasn't, I wasn't gouged or that, but it did wrap itself on me, and I thought, do you know what? This is definitely what happens to me, too, by the way. I'm running along and everything's going well. And he goes on to say this: he says, and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. I just thought it was the running. I was running, and here I was running this race, but we fix our eyes on Jesus. Not on the tangle, not on the sin, not on the snare, not on the barbed wire. We fix our eyes. On Jesus because it is your failure that the enemy will want you to focus on it is how you've gone wrong that the enemy will want you to look at it is the weakness in you that the enemy will lift up the mirror before you and have you look at but you know what you need to fix your eyes on Jesus and what he said and when he talks about aiming for Jesus fixing your eyes he's talking about let him be your aim let the way that he live let his attitudes let his attributes be your aim If you're here this morning and you have been ambushed, take courage, brothers and sisters. Fix your eyes on Jesus Christ again and keep running in Jesus' name. And God wants to speak to you. Will we we stand? We're gonna sing, we're gonna worship. I want to pray, first of all, for those of us who want to know God's power working and doing immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. Wouldn't that be something else to experience? You know, for some of us this morning, it's just simply a challenge to say, Lord, would you give me the power to act in a way that would honor you? Will you let your Holy Spirit work in me so that I can honor you? If that's your prayer this morning, will you raise your hand as we close this morning? We're going to sing the song, There's Power in the Name of Jesus, in just a second. I want to pray as well. Would you close your eyes with me for a second? You can leave your hands up for a second. If you're here this morning and you recognize, you know what? I've been ambushed. I got entangled. In the last couple of weeks, I got trapped. In the last few months, I got trapped. I got tangled. My legs got twisted up or my neck got caught. Just as I was running, everything was going fine. And then suddenly out of nowhere came this desire and it's entangled me. And I've been stuck. I've been, I've been wanting God to move in my soul and in my life. Again, I want to say this morning, Lord, I want to fix my eyes on you again. If that's your prayer, would you raise your hand? With every eye closed, will you raise your eye? praise God we're gonna sing there is power in the name of Jesus John let's sing and then we'll pray there is power in the name of Jesus there is power in the name of Jesus there is power in the In the name of Jesus To break every chain 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 chain, chain, chain. Hallelujah Let's pray brothers and sisters If either of those were your prayers Will you raise your hands high Before the Lord this morning Lord, I thank you you've called us to a whole new way of living, Lord. You've called us to be the new self on the new way, Lord. You've called us, Lord, to take off our old self. Lord, I pray this morning for the courage and the willingness... And the desire and the power to rip off the old desires. To get rid of them. To tear them off, Lord. To rip off the old way of living, Lord. And to put on the new way of living in Jesus' name, Lord. To put on the garments where we're recognized. Putting on the garments of righteousness this morning, Lord. To put on the identity that you've called us to have this morning, I pray, in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that you would do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. Would anybody say amen? amen. Lord, according to your power at work in us this morning, Lord, we come into church this morning. We pray this morning. We listen to your word simply because we want to honor you, Lord, and to please you, Lord. So we ask you as we make the decisions, Lord, to be more patient, to be more loving, to be more joyful, to be more pa- to be more peaceful, Lord. To be more self-controlled, Lord, would you let your power be at work in our lives, we pray in Jesus' name. And Lord, as we act as we, is it were, Lord, as we even pretend that these things are going on in our lives, Lord, we pray that you would replace it with the real thing in Jesus' mighty name, Lord. Lord, I pray that as we go from here today, Lord, Lord, that we would be clothed with the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord that we would know the clothing of the power of the Holy Spirit in every area and in every way of our lives Lord I pray for those this morning who feel like a corpse Lord who feel like they don't have any spiritual energy or feel like they have no spiritual power Lord would you breathe the breath of life into their nostrils again today we pray in Jesus mighty name Lord and as we get up tomorrow morning Lord I pray we would remember to put on Christ to put on Jesus to put on to clothe ourselves with Jesus Christ as we go into the coming week that we may represent you that our, that we may advance your kingdom by your power, by your will and in accordance to what you'd have us do in Jesus mighty name and God's people said amen may the Lord bless you and keep you may the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you may the Lord lift up the light of his countenance and give you his peace I pray in Jesus name and God's people said a final amen the guys are going to play us out. They're going to sing, There's Power in the Name of Jesus. We're asking, as we asked last week, that as you're leaving, just leave from the front row first. We're going to sing a verse or two first, and then we leave row by row. Don't forget, the cafe, court, courtyard cafe is open if you want to get a cup of coffee or a fellowship downstairs. John, over to you, brother. There is power in, in the, name the name of Jesus. Of Jesus. you brothers and sisters God bless you and hope we see you again next Sunday morning by the grace of God, keep the faith and keep trusting the Lord if you would like to leave, if you can leave, you can take the front row first and then walk our way down to the room, may God bless you and go with you in Jesus name, Amen